In this episode, we're gonna talk about what to do with every point you make in your messages. When you make a point, you need to do certain things in order for that point to get across. It's not enough just to say the point or state the point. You have to make the point, and when you wanna make a point, there are three things that just make that so much easier to do. So we'll dive into all that in today's episode. This is the Preaching Donkey Podcast. My name is Lane. Welcome if you are new. So glad to have you. Go to preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days. Pick up your free 21-day guide to creating killer sermons. It's a three-week, three-step process that will walk you through how to create and deliver a compelling, life-changing message. So whether you've been preaching for a long time and you're just looking for something new and fresh, or if you're just getting started with all this and you're looking for any resource you can get your hands on, there's something in there for you. PreachingDonkey.com slash 21 days. Let's talk about the three things that you need to do with every point you make. I wrote this article back in March of 2018. You make points in every sermon you preach. You try to communicate at least one point, one idea, one bottom line. You may have one major point, but a number of supporting points. The point is, you make points. Get the point? Did you see the cleverness in my writing back then? So what do you do with every point you make? Is it enough just to say the words, my main point is blank. Okay, let's close in prayer. We both know that would be insufficient, right? We have to do more than just say a point for it to stick. But how do we do this? How do we develop sticky points that land on people in powerful ways? So this goes back to kind of the, the key idea that Preaching Donkey is built around. And that is that most pastors, when they finish a message, they're asking themselves things like, did I say everything I planned to say? Did I say all the, the words, the sentences, the ideas? And that's not the question to ask. The question isn't, did I say what I needed to say? The question is, did they hear what they needed to hear so they can do something with it? It's not, what did I say? It's, did they hear? Well, those two things work hand in hand, right? You have to say the things that capture the attention so that they hear. And one of the things that happens when it comes to making points is that if we don't have a proper framework for what it looks like for our points to be sufficiently made, then we don't have any way of knowing that people have grasped them and can do something with them. So it's not enough just to say the points. We have to make them land on people in powerful ways. And I suggest in order to accomplish this that we do three things with every point we make. Using these as a baseline allows us to do more if we'd like to, but making sure we're at least doing these three things is the minimum. Number one, teach the point. Number two, illustrate the point. And number three, apply the point. So the, the framework is teach, illustrate, and apply. And I'll go through each one of these in detail, but pretty much anytime I'm preaching a message, when I am working my way through the points, when I'm working my way through my bottom line, which is kind of my main point, and it it anchors the entire message, it's the hinge that the entire message swings on, the other points, the supporting points, really just serve to bolster and further explain the bottom line. So any whether I'm making the bottom line as a point or I'm making the other kind of subsequent points, I am kind of checking off in my mind have I taught it, have I illustrated it, and have I applied it? And by the way, this also goes to when I am preparing the message. I kind of want to make sure that I have prepared to teach it, to illustrate it, and apply it. Now, we're going to walk through each one of these individually, and you'll kind of see what it looks like to teach the point, illustrate the point, apply the point. 
So when you teach the point, you are explaining the concept and providing the biblical backing. In other words, you are showing how you derive the principle from Scripture as you connect it back to the text. This is an important part of making a point. You want to be able to demonstrate that it's not just your musings, but it comes from Scripture. In this step, you teach the concept of the point. In other words, you should answer the question your listeners will have when you introduce an idea, which is, what do you mean? So teaching it kind of answers the question of meaning. What does this point mean? Now, really what we're trying to get to is what does the text mean? What is the scripture saying? Because the point is just derived from the text as a way to summarize the action, the command, the principle that is in the text. So when we teach the point, we're really teaching the text, but synthesized into a point. If this is murky, let me use an example of a super simple point you can make in your sermon. Let's say your point is God loves you. You may teach this point by referencing John 3.16 and showing your listeners that God loves them so much he gave his one and only son so that they could have eternal life by believing in him. Perhaps you elaborate a bit on this idea and dig into the theological and biblical truths of the doctrine of God's love for people. That's what it would look like to teach that point. Teaching, is, teaching the point is great. But if you only teach concepts and ideas, you're missing two important steps that put flesh and blood on your points, which is illustrating and applying. Now, before we move on to illustrating, I want to talk about the tendency that all of us have to just hang out and be comfortable in one of these areas. Some people, some pastors, are tend to be heavy on teaching. So they feel very comfortable just kind of hanging out in that kind of realm of teaching the point. And what this often means is that illustrating the point and applying the point are kind of afterthoughts. If that's the way that you kind of operate, if that's what you tend to do, you just want to make sure that you are balanced in that. Because if you just teach it, but you don't illustrate it and you don't apply it, then people know a lot about the point, but they don't know what to do with it. And the same goes for the other ones. If you skip right over teaching and go straight to illustrating, they know what it looks like, they can see it, but they don't know what it means. So these are all important to work in tandem together. So the first thing we're gonna do is teach the point. The second thing we're gonna do is illustrate the point. When you illustrate your point, you're answering the question, what does this look like? So if teaching the point is what does it mean, illustrating the point is what does it look like? You are providing a vivid visual which helps your listeners see and feel it for themselves. How can you get your listeners to feel the emotions of the truth and not just know it? You have to make it come alive with illustration. An illustration could be a story, a metaphor, an analogy, a movie clip, a news story, or something trending on social media. Really anything that helps you clarify the concept of the point and give people an opportunity to feel the weight of it. So what does it look like and have I made them feel it? Remember our example of God loves you. One of the best demonstrations of illustrating this point with a story is actually a set of three parables Jesus told about the love of God for those who are lost uh, or wayward in Luke 15. So side note, Jesus often used stories or parables to illustrate his points. In fact, in it is rare in Jesus' teaching to see him merely teach a point without a vivid illustration, usually a narrative in a narrative form. So Jesus tended to not just teach, but also illustrate in the form of storytelling. 
So be careful if you think storytelling is a lower form of teaching and the elites and sophisticated preachers stick to exposition alone. If this is your assumption, you're missing a powerful tool Jesus used. I, I think that depending on your, your background theologically and the way that you view the role of preaching in the local church, you can lean one way or the other. But let me just caution you, if you lean to kind of heavy teaching, exegesis, exposition of scripture, that's all great. And I'm very glad that you have such a high view of scripture. I, I tend to agree. But if you only focus on teaching at the expense of illustrating, and you look down at maybe the the preacher, like I, I like Calvin Miller, he wrote the book Preaching, The Art of Narrative Exposition. In that book, which is on my shelf back here, he talks about the power of story in your sermons to make the actual concept and truth and text come alive. And if you ignore that because of your high view of scripture, you have, you've actually kind of defeated the purpose. Because again, going back to what we said at the beginning, if people don't hear what they're supposed to hear so they can do something with it, then what was the point? So again, Jesus used this principle where he would teach a concept and then he would illustrate that concept with a vivid parable, story, illustration, example, metaphor. And he was masterful at this. So don't look at that as kind of a lesser way of doing things. Work it into what you're doing because it's going to make you a more effective communicator. And I think sometimes what happens is people will, pastors will get this idea that, okay, I need to, I need to be one of the people who really, really teaches the word in, in, like with heavy exposition and really get after it. And that's going to prove my faithfulness as a preacher, my faithfulness to the word. And I think if that's the approach you take and you do that at the expense of clarity or at the expense of illumination through illustration, helping, helping things come alive in people's minds through illustration, storytelling, metaphors, examples, then it defeats the purpose. So let's be careful of that. So remember our example, God loves you. One of the best illustrations that <laughs> one of the best things that Jesus did, he did this with story. Let's say you decide to focus on the last three of the parables Jesus tells in Luke 15, and you tell the story of the prodigal son. In this story, a son took his inheritance before his father died, effectively communicating to him, you're dead to me. Then he went to a, into a foreign land, squandered the wealth on hookers and booze, and desperately came crawling back. There's much to be said about this story. In fact, I highly suggest checking out Tim Keller's book, The Prodigal God, as it looks at this story from the perspective of the reckless love of the father and the older brother's legalism. But for our purposes of illustrating our simple point that God loves you, we will focus on the crux of the narrative. The story hits home when we see the prodigal decides to come home, hoping to plead with his father for mercy and be allowed to serve as one of his hired men. Instead, his father ran to him, embraced him, kissed him, and threw a massive party for him. How many of us feel the love of the father for us when we consider the story? Your listeners will too. This is the power of illustration. This illustration came straight from the pages of scripture. As I mentioned above, it's also helpful to use illustration from all different aspects of life. So perhaps you could build on the story of the prodigal son and personalize it to your own experience of when you strayed from God, but as a loving father, he took you back. For more helpful tips on how to use illustration, including where to place them in the sermon, check out the four must-dos of using illustrations, which I did an episode on that not too long ago. So 
with our point, God loves you, we teach it, right? We teach it through what the scripture says. We teach it through what it means, what the implications of it are, how we're supposed to understand it and think about it. Then we illustrate it. In this case, I used an illustration from scripture that Jesus used about a son, a wayward son, who really uh, does not deserve the love of his, of his father, but receives it from his father anyway. So that's an illustration of this concept that God loves you. So if we're making the point, we teach it, we illustrate it. Now, the third thing we're going to do is apply the point. When you apply the point, you answer the question, how does it work? A point in a sermon is just information until it takes on flesh and is lived out. Your listeners need to know this truth can be activated in their lives. This is also where you take the concept, what you've taught and illustrated, and make it useful and practical. So if teaching it is what does it mean, and illustration is what does it look like, application is how does it work. So this is also where you take this concept and you make it useful and practical. In this post, I reveal the three tools of giving application in a sermon. We talked about that in a previous episode. One of those tools are asking questions and extending challenges. Often people can sit through an entire message and not realize it's for them until a question is posed or a challenge is extended. This is something that I love to remind pastors that the more you can ask questions in your messages, the more engagement you're going to get, the more people are going to go, oh, they're talking to me. That this is, this is for me. I need to ponder this question. I need to think about this. Oh yeah, I haven't thought about that. What is that? That's such an important tool. Revisiting our last point one more time, God loves you. You may ask the question, do you truly believe God loves you or do you still feel unlovable? Or what could you do this week to allow yourself to embrace God's love for you? In addition to questions and challenges, application could also simply be you touching on several life situations and circumstances and acknowledging the various ways your listeners struggle with embracing this truth. So much can be said about application in general and illustration and teaching. What I want you to see here is that these three things have to be used together. We got to teach it, we got to illustrate it, we got to apply it. By the way, this is usually the best order that I gave. However, you should avoid approaching this process in a formulaic way of thinking. First I teach, then I illustrate, then I apply. You and your listeners will eventually tire of such a stilted approach. Instead, sometimes you may decide to begin with application before you ever teach the concept. This is a great way to make your listeners care about it because they feel it before they fully know what the concept is. This is called building tension. So maybe you start with that story of the prodigal son that creates a picture. It helps them to see the concept. Then you immediately kind of move into teaching it and then you apply it. Other times you may begin with a story that will provide as an amazing illustration to clarify your point once you teach it. The point is there is more than one way to make a point. Get the point? Here's my point. You want to do everything you can to whimsically and enthusiastically communicate your message because after all, you have the most important message in the world. One last thing, three questions I used. What do you mean? What does it look like? And how does it work? Are derived and slightly modified from a book by Howard Hendricks called Living by the Book, The Art and Science of Reading the Bible. So I want to mention that because I did not come up with those questions myself. So here's my encouragement for you for your next message. When you're making any point, when you're writing any point in your notes, 
right? When you're, you're doing your sermon prep and you say, I'm going to make this point, plan out how you're going to teach it, how you're going to illustrate it, how you're going to apply it. This does something else besides just communicating the point clearly and effectively and holistically. It also helps you determine if a point is worth making. Because if a point is worth making, it's worth teaching, illustrating, and applying. If it's not worth teaching, illustrating, and applying, it may not be worth making. I think most sermons could do with fewer points made. I think some of the best sermons are one-point sermons, where you spend the whole time teaching, illustrating, and applying one point. That tends to be the approach that I take, where my one point is my bottom line. But I might have supporting points to kind of help bolster it, but I'm really teaching, illustrating, and applying that one idea that I want people to walk away with. So by doing it this way, it keeps you from just having frivolous points that don't really matter. They're not really that important, but you're fitting them in just because you feel like you need to. Maybe you don't need to. And this is a good measure to see how that goes. I would love to hear what you think in the comments if you're watching here on YouTube. Again, be sure to go to preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days. Pick up your free 21 day guide to creating killer sermons. And I'll see you in the next episode real soon.